Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Logan campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. I want to ask you a question. Quick survey. What is the first word that pops into your mind when I say the word treasure? All right, for some of you, it might look something like this. There it is. You know, you know, you know, gold bullion and precious gems and all sorts of things. For some of you, it might look something like this. <laughs> Ladies, that's Johnny Depp, all right? You know, for some of you, it might look something like this. I wish it looked something like you know, you know, for some of us, it might look something like this. Or it might look something like this, that you wish you were out on this afternoon fishing. Or if you were Max, it might look something like this. <laughs> or, like, or, or men, you know, it actually, this, did, this is exactly what it looked like last night. Men, just quick survey, how good was the men's Christmas party? How full are we still? from that meat coma that was amazing last night. And ladies, just for you, maybe this is what you're thinking of, like a Zara dress and matching bracelet and handbag and shoes and whatever else stuff goes in that department. You know, some of us, we all think a variety of different possessions, but some of us, when I say the word treasure, we might think of specific people, special treasure, special people in our lives. You know, there might be our wives or our husbands or girlfriends or boyfriends or, or someone like that. It might be our kids. It might be our grandkids. It might be a parent or it might be a friend. See, when I say the word treasure, we all have a picture that comes to mind. Well, this morning we, we're starting this series called The Christmas Treasure that we're going to lead through next week in the carols and we're going to lead all the way up to Christmas. You see, I love, and I'm sure that you love, getting Christmas presents. We, get, we love getting Christmas gifts. We love getting Christmas treasures at Christmas time. But I, I know growing up and, and having kids, one of the treasures that I love is that I love when my kids bring treasures. You know, whether it's we go for a walk or whether they're at school and they, they come home with a rock or a stick, you know, a special stick. I don't quite get the special stick, but apparently it is a very special treasure. And so you have to, you know, parents, you know, that awkward moment where you're like, what do I do with this stuff? So you kind of, you put it somewhere for long enough that you can sneak it into the rubbish bin. There's no kids here to hear, we just did that. You know, so we all love, and so, but, and so that's what my kids do. But now they're becoming teenagers, the only treasures that I'm finding from them is a grunt or an attitude. And how many of us know that we much prefer the stick and the rock and the leaf and the flower or the something else? You see, treasures are significant. Treasures are special. And treasures are valuable, aren't they? And Jesus, in the middle of his ministry, takes a moment to remind us of a couple of stories. He begins telling us a couple of stories or a couple of parables about treasures. And so if you've got your Bible, we're going to open up our Bibles to Matthew chapter 13. I'm going to read verse 44 through verse 46. So while you look those up, I'll grab a quick drink. Matthew 13. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it. And when his 
And, and then in his joy, he went and sold all he had and brought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant who's looking for fine pearls. When he finds one of great value, he went away and he sold everything he had and he brought it. Now, before we jump into this passage and delve into it, I kind of want to add a little bit of context. For some people, this is going to be the der really moment. For some of you, you might find this really interesting. But context was stating the obvious back in the day, there was no such thing as the Commonwealth, the NAB, the ANZ, the Westpac, the Bank of Queensland, and Suncorp Bank, or any other banks like we know it. See, what they would do back in the day, what was commonplace back in the day was they would put all of their treasures together and they'd put them in a box and they'd dig a hole somewhere on their property and then without letting anyone see it, they would bury their treasure and they would hide it away for no one to find except for them. And this was a brilliant idea until he died abruptly or your kids ticked you off and you didn't want to give them inheritance and so you died without telling anyone of your family where you hid that box of treasures. So it became commonplace for poor peasant workers that they would go around different blocks of lands of deceased estates and they would begin digging in various different places in an attempt to try and find the hidden treasure that was hidden on that land. And, and they would look on the off chance that they would find the buried treasure. And if they were lucky, they would stumble upon the hidden treasure that had been left unfound. And see, this story that we find, this parable that we find Jesus talking about here was, was a story that would have happened back in Jesus' day. And it's one of those moments where a poor worker is digging and looking and hunting and trying to find the buried treasure, and he stumbles upon a box. And he opens it, and he finds a, a treasure of, of immense value. And so he decides to sell everything. He decides to sacrifice everything he's got just so he can buy that block of land, actually just so that he can try and buy the treasure that was found on that land. Now imagine that was you for a moment. Imagine you're digging around in your backyard. You know, you're doing some yard work. And all of a sudden, you know, the shovel hits a, a, a hard substance. And then, and then you kind of, you, you, you push away the dirt to reveal a box. And you, you're kind of confused by what it is. And you pull it out and you open it up. And inside, as you open it, you look inside and you close it quickly again. And then you open again. And your eyes are like sauce bottle, you know, sauce, saucepans. And then all of a sudden, you recognize inside is a whole lot of money. Now, I don't know if you remember the story, August last year, 2020, there was a couple of tradies down at Runaway Bay, just around the corner from here, who happened to be, uh, they were bulldozing an old house right on some waterfront. And in the midst of the building and the demolishing of this house, they kind of got down the foundation, they found a hole, and, and they sort of started digging around in the hole, and they found a box very similar to the box that I just found. And they opened it up, and inside was $500,000. Yeah, who wishes they were a tradie at Runaway Bay right now, like digging some random... Yeah, 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 I know, all of us. Well, there was three of us anyway. Yeah, and, and, and we'll share it, all right? It's, you know, we, I don't even know what 250000 in three is. My math is not that good. Anyway, imagine 
what that would be like. I mean, what would you do? So what they did is they took it to the police. I mean, they did the right thing. They took it to the police. And 10 months later, 10 months later, it's actually just gone through that finally the court awarded a secret deal between all the different parties. But I loved, I was watching the, watching the little news feed of it. And the funniest part was there was some, there was some old guy that had lived there like 40 years ago. And they're, they're filming him and he goes, oh, yeah, look, I think like, uh, like it was probably one of those nights when like, I remember and I was doing something and I, and I think it might have been mine and I, I think I hit it like some. Now, how many of us know it was not his money? Like $500,000 and I'm thinking it might have been. Like there's, they're not the words that come into kind of conversation at that point. I mean, could you imagine the excitement in these two tradies' eyes when they opened it and it was full of cash? Imagine that was you. Imagine opening the box and inside is the inheritance of an entire family. And imagine that moment where you close the lid and, 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 you know, back in this parable, you know, you close the lid and you, you begin to look around hoping that no one has seen what you've just found. That they would get to the real estate agent first and buy the land. And so I wonder if you kind of just looked around and then you kind of just, you kind of walked around for a little bit with it up your shirt. You know, you just kind of pretended like you're just, you know, looking for... I don't know, acorns in the tree or whatever you would find in that particular. And then eventually you kind of go back to the hole and then you pretend to do your shoelace. And then you kind of sneak the box back in the hole, cover the dirt up, shoelaces, except I'm wearing boots, but that's relevant. And, and then you kind of just get up and then you kind of kick a bit of down, you know, you kind of just, and then you kind of, and then you bolt. You bolt to the real estate agent and you bolt to buy that particular land. That particular land isn't of that much value. It's nothing special about it or anything else. But what is special is what is found on that land. And you're excited. I mean, the night before Christmas has nothing on your level of excitement of being able to purchase the land and go back to it. And then Jesus tells another story about a parable of the pearl. And the merchant who, who's sifting through, no doubt, a big tray full of hundreds and thousands of different particular pearls. And in the midst of sifting through, he finds one pearl. One pearl that is more valuable than every other poor pearl. One, one pearl that is, is, more, is of more value than every other pearl put together. And he goes and he sells everything to find it. Now here's an interesting fact. I don't know if you know how about how pearls happen, but pearls happen in an oyster because a bit of sand or a bit of foreign sediment or something gets into the pearl. And over time, it, it begins to irritate the pearl. And so the, the pearl kind of be, begins putting this protective layer over the irritant because it's annoying it and it's causing it issues. And so it begins layering and layering and layering and layering and layering a hard surface over this irritant, over this thing that's been annoying the pearl uh, sorry, being annoying the oyster, and what we find develop is a fisherman opens it up and finds a beautiful and remarkable pearl. Since preparing this week, I felt like God wanted to say to someone this morning, He wants to encourage you this morning that the thing that you're going through that might feel like an irritant in your life, it might feel like an inconvenience. It might feel something that's so painful and so difficult that you're walking through right now that, that God wants to encourage you this morning that oftentimes those things God will use down the track for His glory. That somewhere down the track, God will use those things to help to impact 
and to influence other people. And yet, I don't know about you, but one of the things that I wrestle with is that we all live in such an individualistic society where I am the most important person. You are the most important person that you know. And yet Jesus came to the world to tell us that we're not the most important, that he is the most important. And his desire is that he wants to use us to impact and serve other people and ultimately guide people to Jesus. 23 years ago, I gave my life to Jesus. I still remember that moment, sitting next to my dad at a Youth Alive event and saying yes to Jesus for the first time. I remember that moment when I said, Jesus, my life is a mess, but if you can use it somehow, then Jesus, it's yours. You know what the last 23 years have taught me? The last 23 years have taught me that there is nothing better than being used by God. <laughs> the last 23 years have taught me that, that God can use my mistakes, that God can use the things that I've done wrong. God can use sometimes the highlight reels of my life, but oftentimes the mistakes and the things that I've done and the moments where I felt like I couldn't get it right to impact and help other people. The last 23 years, as I've seek to serve Jesus and build his church, I've recognized that there is nothing better in the whole wide world than serving Jesus. Well, back to the parable. There's one thing that the parable shows us this morning. See, everyone else saw the same field. They walked past the same field. Everyone else, you know, all the other merchants would have seen and sifted through all the different particular pearls. And no one saw the field or the, or the pearl as special or significant or noticeable, except for one person. One person who looked long and hard enough, and they found a treasure. And they knew the value of it. And they sold everything they had to get the field, to obtain the oyster. See, the kingdom truth revealed through these parables repeated throughout the Christmas story. That the parables is, is that the people were from different cultures and different religious worldviews and different socioeconomic backgrounds. And I love that because it's what I'm looking at right now. People from different backgrounds, different worldviews, but different socioeconomic backgrounds. And, Jesus, and God came to them and, and they found a baby hidden in a manger in a backwater town in the middle of nowhere called Bethlehem. And I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound that significant. You know, a baby born in a manger in a, in a stable, which was probably a cave in a, in a backwater town, doesn't sound that special. Easily not noticed, easily overlooked, yeah? But the mystics, they traveled from afar, seeking the promised land. And they were overwhelmed with joy when they found him. And they bowed down to worship. And they presented him with gifts. To the newborn king. And then there was the unsuspecting shepherds. And they were freaked out because all of a sudden they were doing their job one night. And all of a sudden the angels were there and they were declaring the Messiah has come. The baby has been born. And they're overwhelmed. And they're scared. But they're filled with joy 
because they found the promised Messiah in a stable that night, just as had been promised. See, those who discovered the birth of Jesus, they recognized his immeasurable worth, and they surrendered everything to chase after the treasure. See, the Christmas story, people, the Christmas story is all about a God who gave his most valuable treasure to us, who gave his one and only son. But if we jump back into the field and the parable just for a moment, imagine this new owner. We don't know what happened to the previous owner. But now this new owner who bought the land would receive all of the treasure, all of the treasure that was designed to be for this this man's family. And he sacrificed everything to buy that field because he knew the treasure that was hidden there. See, there was a great cost for that man to buy that land. Both parables talk about they sacrificed, they sold everything they had to purchase the land, purchase the pearl. See, the cost in receiving the unparalleled treasure of the kingdom of God, the treasure that God offers through His Son, Jesus. But there's nothing that we can do to earn it. Nothing that we can do to make God love us any more. But equally, there is nothing that we can do to make God love us any less. You know what? I want you to let that sink in to where you're at this morning. I want to let God allow that to sink that into your head and into your heart. To recognize that there is a God that loves you. That, that there is nothing that we can do to earn His love, to earn His affection, to earn His attention. There's also nothing we can do to change that. There's nothing we can do to make God love us any less. But just like the person who found the treasure on the field and who brought the pearl, they surrendered everything to receive it. See, it's only when we surrender our whole lives that we get it, that we get to know the overwhelming joy of living in relationship with Jesus. to find it that is more valuable than anyone or sorry than anything else in the world and that brings great joy to everyone who finds it it's so simple isn't it the christmas story the christmas treasure the christmas meaning is so simple but if your house is anything like the morrow's household What I find so interesting and what I also find a little bit sad is that after 
all of the presents have been opened and the, the shine has faded and the toy batteries have run out and the novelties get old and the, the gifts break or they get put in the cupboard to be used for re-gifting for next year. Don't laugh, you do it too. And the trees and the decorations have come down and the food has been digested and the leftovers have been finished. Once the Christmas, once the excitement of Christmas is just a distant memory and the lights have faded and the Christmas kilos have hopefully been lost, the Christmas treasure can easily be forgotten too. But what I find so interesting, church, is that every single year leading up to these moments, leading up to Christmas, we sacrifice so much for these treasures. And we're hoping that they all bring joy. The joy that we've been looking for. But somehow, I don't know if you're anything like me, but somehow they never seem to quite be enough. The Christmas story, the treasure of Jesus given to our world, is that in that moment in history, he changed everything forever. That the moment in history that now divides B.C. before Christ and A.D. Addo Domini, which means, simply means in the year of our Lord. Moment in history because of the birth of Jesus, everything was changed. Because God came down in skin on him. And he was found in the form of a helpless baby. The baby Jesus. Not like everyone expected the Messiah would come. But he came down as a hidden Christmas treasure for us to find. More valuable than we will ever know. And to bring joy and hope to all those who find him. And as Matthew said, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. I love the fact that that one of the names that we that God gave his son the Messiah explained who he was is the name Emmanuel. I love the fact that the word Emmanuel simply means that God is with us. That we're not looking or searching or hunting or trying to dig up some foreign land to try and find the hidden treasure. But because God so loved us, he came looking. So the good news this Christmas is that the hidden treasure from heaven came to earth searching for you. The Jesus may be hidden from human sight, but that we will be found by anyone, that he will be found by anyone who seeks to know his presence in their life. That when we surrender to him as our Lord, Savior, and King, we receive hope. And we will receive peace and we will receive joy that is beyond human understanding. And I love, if I could invite the team up. I, lo I love when the Apostle Paul, who had everything, pins these words in, in Philippians chapter 3 verse 8. And he writes these words saying, yes, everything else is worthless. It's a pretty strong, it's a pretty strong word, worthless. Everything else is worthless. When compared to the infinite value of knowing 
Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake I have discarded everything, counted it all as garbage, so that I can gain Christ. (laughs) Yes, everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite net value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, your Lord. For his sake, I've discarded everything. Counted as garbage. So that I can gain. So that, that read that word gain, I have the picture of that man opening the box <laughs> that he's found. The, the joy in his eyes and the hope that's been restored. And the, because these would have been peasant workers, not affluent people. And all of a sudden, in the midst of his I've got nothing and I can't, not sure if I can get through tomorrow. All of a sudden he opens the box. And it, and I love when Paul says, so that I could gain Christ. See church, the danger. The danger for those of us who have been in church for a while. The danger for all of us is that we can so easily take for granted and lose sight of the value, the cost, the significance, the immeasurable worth, the sacrifice, the love that Jesus offered. Can I be really honest for a moment? Sat in my office on Wednesday preparing for this morning and I was reflecting on this. And I was confronted with that in my life. Going, you know what? I can so easily miss it too. You know, I can so easily read this just so I can tell you something. But as I read this, God challenged me again. Dave, will you see the value of your treasure again this Christmas? Dave, will you see the immense gift that I'm giving because I so loved you? And in my office on Wednesday, as I reflected, as I remembered the gift, the treasure that God gave in His Son for us, God with skin on, gave it for me. He gave the treasure for you. So I want to challenge us this morning. This Christmas season, don't forget the the Christmas treasure. See, I want to encourage you this morning. What encourages me this morning, what encourages all of us this morning, that we're not the only ones who can so easily forget the Christmas treasure. See, Jesus was talking to a bunch of Jews who had seen God be faithful to them time and time and time again throughout all of their generations, throughout all of their history. And yet they had forgotten the promise of God, the Messiah that would come. In fact, the Messiah that was standing in front of them. And so God, Jesus tells a story. He tells a story about a treasure of immense value. And the sacrifice that he was going to make. 
the sacrifice he's inviting them to accept, but also to make in return. See, they had forgotten, they'd lost sight of the value of the treasure. And he reminds them of his love. <laughs> and he reminds them he, he gave the treasure because he so wants a deep relationship with them. And Jesus this morning is still saying the, two, the same thing 2,000 years later. I want to remind you of the treasure because I want to remind you of the immense value that I place on your life. And I want to remind you of the, immense, the, the relationship that I so long to grow deeper with you. The story of the first Christmas is wrapped around the hidden treasure that God gave. A huge price that would be paid the sacrifice of handing over his one and only son for us. So church, this Christmas season, don't forget the Christmas treasure. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.